that being said, let's go on and jump into the show. Welcome everybody to the N-Word for Welcome. Nerd Podcast. We are here Woo-hoo! again. We're doing it like we always do it. And I'm glad everybody can join us again. And we're going to go through a whole bunch of random stuff, but we do have a jam-packed show today for you. We're going to talk about Jurassic World Dominion. We're going to talk about Duel, a little known, a little little modest indie flick. And then we're going to talk about Fast Color because we got finally had our first customer request for us to review a movie, and it is <laughs> I mean, Fast Color. And we're going to read some comments, but go ahead, Jason. Customer implies that someone's paying us to do this. <laughs> I like to look at it as like the payment is the joy they get by actually, you know, watching the show. It's it's okay, a payment okay. enough for that, my soul. That's, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. They're getting paid in our soul and our blood, sweat, and tears. Right. <laughs> but we're for getting those paid of in their views. Want to get paid the way Jason wants to get paid. You know how you can help Jason get paid the way that he wants to be paid? By sharing and liking and subscribing and subscribing to the circus. Because that way we can go to somebody who has real money and go, hey. We would love your compassion and viewership, but we have these many viewers and subscribers and sharers. We can, you know, push your product. Just like we push one of the products we push on here is Nerd Focus, as well as In Your Face Art at InYourFaceArt.com for the latest shirts and hand-drawn material. And we'll just take it on any any sponsors, anything that want to join in, as long as you are with it and we are with it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, do not forget about our book club, July oh. 9th. Yes, July 9th at 8 p.m. We're going to go live where we do a, hey, there it goes. There it goes. Hey, let's keep that up. We're going to give you that give you that close-up so we can keep that up so people give me, know. Give me that close-up. Children of Blood and Bone. Yes, Hopefully yes, I pronounce yes. your first name. Tome Adiyame. Yeah, or or however it's pronounced. I'm sorry if I mispronounce it. <laughs> right after this show, I'm going to send her a tweet or <sighs> Instagram and see if she's willing to join us on the show when we review her book. Because it she famous. is amazing. She, 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 did you did you did you see this? It's New York Times bestseller, man. Like she goes, she ain't got time for us. <laughs> hey, look, she may see his two brothers out here trying to make a way, and she may decide yeah. to give us that pathway to to, to start them. So we're gonna go. I'm still gonna reach out. I mean, what she can tell me is no, or tell me nothing at all. And either way, I'm gonna be the same right. spot we're in today. So yeah. <laughs> with all that being said, um, like, I'm New I York Times bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> then I didn't introduce my co-host who's there, but if you don't know him by now, you should know him. And if you're just first time watching us, I'm not going to say shame on you. I'm going to say welcome. It was a long time since you finally found your destiny, and now you finally fulfilled it. But my co-host is yes. Jason, the knight of all, <laughs> the, the duke of all nightshades, the duke of all nerds, uh, Lord of the Rings aficionado, Star Trek's legendary aficionado, Star Trek aficionado. Um, Star Wars. I'm just gonna call him a. I'm just gonna call him a <laughs> Renaissance man, just a complete Renaissance man when it comes to the nerd culture. And if you want to ask any questions to see if you can stomp him, like stomp the Schwab, you probably will stomp Look, him. But at least he'll make fun of you when you do stomp him. I used to have this guy. I used to work at a video game store, and used to be this guy that come in there and like he would ask me these obscure like quotes from these like indie G- JRPG games, just be like waiting for me to get it. I'm like. Nah, dude, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Like, oh yeah, I played that game. I didn't memorize every single second of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Absolutely. your trivia better be popular, okay? Like don't don't be, tell me who's Luke Skywalker's fifth cousin on his mama's side, you know, and what color lightsaber his boyfriend would have had if they had lived after Order 66. I don't know that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I will tell you this. I felt somebody had an interesting fan theory that 
Mace Windu's lightsaber was never was not purple, that it was actually blue, and that because of the the way that he, we talked about the way he duels and, and fights with it, yeah, uses some of the side that that blue lightsaber got corrupted and it turned it it turned it purple for through corruption, not through it actually being like a purple saber. I thought, I mean, that goes against the canon as far as, far as yeah, I remember. Against... I thought it was an interesting fan theory to be like, it's that mix between red and blue. So it's That's, purple. I like that. Dark side, yeah. I like also how it's a very convoluted uh, way of explaining that uh, Samuel L. Jackson just wanted a purple drink lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Cause he, sorry. Because no, he, he wanted he, to he stand told... out. And I'm like, yo, you be the only black dude out there. Of course you stand out. <laughs> And there it is. And there it is. He just said, I like that purple drink. I like that lean, that dirty Sprite. Uh, so I'm going to make sure we get that on in. And also, too, the fact is, like, when he ever was going to fight, he pretty much had all the fights that were solo. So it wasn't even like, like even in the, the, the Attack of the Clones, he runs across the desert floor. Like, you see him. Like, the camera's yeah. on him. It isn't like, yeah. what's going on here? Where is he at? Like, no, you see him. Like His fight with Palpatine, they- you see him. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, uh, yeah, you were a pretty, uh, I don't know, major star, probably more so than everybody else in this movie. So, uh, yeah, we're going to give you some camera time. It's okay. We're going to make sure that people know it's you, Sam. <laughs> right, 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 or, right. I guess they call him Mr. Jackson because you don't just call him by his first name to his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least, at least behind his back, call him Sam. Yeah. Sam's acting like a dick today. Uh, so <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys for watching and listening to us here at the N Word for Nerd podcast. Hopefully you enjoy the show. Yes, we will take random breaks like that to talk about nerd stuff throughout the show. If you're not Mostly ready Star to experience Wars. that, yeah, yeah. And if you're not ready to experience that, you probably want to keep tuning in because we actually still do reviews and just skip past the nerdy stuff. But <laughs> as that's always going on, like I said, let's go ahead and let's talk about our first movie. Yes. Four years after the destruction of the Dinosaur Island, I'm going to call it, now, now <laughs> hunt alongside humans. Dinosaurs now live and hunt alongside humans all over the world. This fragile balance will reshape the future and determine once and for all where human beings are to remain fine. The apex predators on the planet they now share with history's most fearsome creatures. That, ladies and gentlemen, was the review for Jurassic World, Domain, Dominion, the, the stupidness, whatever you want to call <laughs> it. But we're going to do like we do it every single time. We're going to give a one-sentence review of Jurassic World Jurassic World 3. Jason, what is your one-sentence review of Jurassic World 3? Jurassic World Dominion? More like Jurassic World Dumbasses. Ah, am I right? Am I right? Hey. <laughs> uh, Jurassic World 3 thought that locusts was cooler than dinosaurs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, before we jump into our reviews, I want to take a quick second to do an ad real quick. All right, Jason, <laughs> what is your review of Jurassic World 3? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I didn't think, I mean, I did think this could get dumber, and it did. And it, I, I let's be honest. We watched this movie together in the movie theater, and if you hadn't paid for my ticket, I would have left. I would have walked out. <laughs> I would have been like, I'm done. Because this is like, it's it's brain numbingly dumb, and that's the problem. And like people are gonna be like, "Oh, it's just a movie, it's just reaction, blah 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 blah, it's dinosaurs and shit." No, like when Michael Crichton first wrote fucking Jurassic Park, he did his research, right? He put some thought into it, 
And the whole point of this thing was, yeah, we are crazy individuals doing this stupid-ass thing. They even said it. Ian Malcolm said it. This is dumb. Y'all shouldn't have done this. This is a bad idea. You're going to get people killed. And guess what? We don't care anymore. Now it's like, oh, look at these dinosaurs. It's going to be nice when they're fucking, we're just going to have to live with them. No! Like, you have ruined the world. <laughs> you have killed off species and and murdered people. And it's, uh, the black chick was cool. <laughs> like, oh. uh, there was no need to have the old cast in it. Uh, their storyline was completely, like, not just redundant, but the person who set them up to do what they were doing could have just done it himself. And and had probably had done it easier and made it better and quicker if he had done it himself rather than to put these people's lives in danger. Uh, the villain of this piece is one-dimensional uh, Tim Cook. It's no longer uh, uh, Steve Jobs anymore. It's Tim Cook now. But a Tim Cook knockoff whose plan is is asinine at best and completely idiotic at worst like oh yeah we're gonna and like they there are genetically modified locusts in this there is one company that controls all the genetically modified things and they're like we need proof to prove it's them like no you don't <laughs> like where do these giant freaking locusts come from i don't know maybe it's the people who have all the fucking materials and gene spicing shit you dumb Fucks. Oh, God. And then we have Owen Grady and 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 and, and Claire, I guess her name is, and the uh, the clones uh, story, which is they're trying to get her the daughter back, or the clone girl back, as well as rescue the raptor's baby. And the raptor, I'm like, this, no, you should have put a bullet in that raptor. You should have put a bullet in that raptor because it could procreate on its own and when you saw its baby should have put a bullet in its baby too because they live in some sort of i guess in montana or somewhere in the in the, in the uh mountain regions or whatever and you see a scene where the baby raptor takes on a wolf like wolves are endangered this is bad guys like this is not oh look at that cute little fucking guy tearing that wolf apart that's so cute like this is not gonna like no, you should kill these things. This is not cool. Like this is all horrifying. And the problem with this is, is you took a a somewhat smart intellectual like thrill ride, and you turned it into this like, let's just all get along. And it's like, this is not how the world works. You guys should have. You should be smarter than this. Like this movie should be smarter than this, and it's not. And it's. And there's uh, and this is one scene in the fucking uh, it's in the trailer, but it's also in the movie where this guy's on a scooter and there's two. I don't know how he gets there between and doesn't see the two T Rexes that was one behind him and one in front of him and gets eaten. They're like, ah, look at that dumb fuck! Like, how does that? It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't like. It's like every part in this is like you did it for the spectacle rather than any of it actually logically like connecting to make sense. The the characters meet the girl who actually knows where it is, not because you know any organic way. They just bump into her in the bathroom or some shit. Like um, the BD Wong's character just like lets the little girl loose inside the fucking facility for no reason, even though he she knows she doesn't want to be there. And then like the most egregious part of this is that you find out, and I'm gonna fucking spoil this movie because I don't give a shit about what y'all think. <laughs> is that the little girl's mother? 
that she wasn't a clone of the mother. Well, she was a clone, but she her her her, her biological mother actually gave birth to her and then did genetic experiments on her to make sure that she's like doesn't have the same diseases as her, as her mother did. And like everybody's treating this like as this is a good thing. Like you A, that's fucking eugenics. All right. <laughs> and B, that's also like ethically bad, but it's also immoral. You're like that's not a good scientist. And we're treating her like she's the best human that ever No, that is wrong. Like that uh I fucking hated this movie. <laughs> I fucking hated this movie. The black chick was cool. Though. Go ahead, Chase. All right. <laughs> um, see, this is one of those interesting points where we do this show where um, me and you agree about the outcome, but differing on how we got to the outcome. <laughs> so I want to start off by saying all the stuff that you mentioned that you cared about, I don't give a shit about. Because <laughs> the movie was dumb from the very beginning when it was JP1 to JP2 to JP3. At this point, these people in this world are used to dinosaurs fucking they shit up. So all the ecosystem shit that we talk about, I don't give a fuck about. Because at the end of the day, they know what it was. They know what it is. Malcolm goes to these voiceovers about how you're going to fuck up the ecosystem. And that was since part one. And nobody gave a shit. So at this point, nobody they figured that the ecosystem shit. don't matter. Don't really matter at all. It don't, Who it gives a it. fuck? <laughs> I don't care about the, the, the ethics of... The scientists, even the one that they did try to make a martyr, and everything you said in all your analysis, it's completely 100% true. And I can't refute any of it. But for me personally, I hate the movie on completely different levels than that. <laughs> this movie is a freaking abomination. Once again, the biggest the biggest disgrace in this movie is that they promote it as, you're going to see how dinosaurs live amongst humans in the world. That shit ain't what you even watch. This movie is about locusts that are engineered eating all the food supply that is going to eventually eat the eat the food supply that our food eats. So eventually we're going to have a food shortage and this mastermind company is going to be the one place you got to go to get food because their seeds that they plant, the locusts don't want to eat. That is the movie, guys. <laughs> Everything up with the dinosaurs is just so you get an action so they can make some woke messaging point about if we don't stop global warming or we don't start over-consuming or if we don't stop... That's all this movie is. And they threw dinosaurs in it so they can say, hey, 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 remember Jurassic World? <laughs> right? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. The plot is terrible here. The plot is not even a plot. The plot is, hey, this is the message we're trying to get. And we're going to make a movie around this message that doesn't really connect to this message. That's what we're going to fucking do. Mm-hmm. My biggest accretion of this, and Jason mentioned it, and, Jay- and I'm going to take this. This is Jason's words. I'm just going to use it because he didn't use it this time. The dinosaurs in here do not act like animals. They oh, yeah. act like plot devices. They <laughs> oh, act like things God. just to move you to the next part of the movie because you got to actually have them chase you to the next part of the movie. That's the only thing they're here for is for action set pieces and plot devices. We went from Jurassic Park 1 where raptors figuring out in this, on the spot over time how to open doors to raptors now looking like Ghostface from fucking Scream. Not the good rapper, not Ghostface Killer. Talk about Ghostface <laughs> from Scream. And you know what Ghostface's hallmark is in the horror community? Is that he falls he over gets, every fucking thing. He gets These raptors <laughs> fall over every fucking thing. Like, look, ladies and gentlemen, you know how, like, you're running and you see a wall and you're going to make a turn because you're like, oh, it's a wall. I have to turn. And you turn and you go. Maybe you put a hand on a wall to push off to keep going. But you know, in 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 in, you in life, barrel into the life, wall. <laughs> life is made a thing for animals called tails, 
And if you watch any five minutes of National Geographic about how a cheetah runs, they will tell you that the tail is used to help them maneuver and make sharp turns. Why is that important? Raptors have tails. So you're telling me in all this genetics and evolution, a raptor never learned how to make a quick turn. With all the prey they hunt, no deer never did a dart to the left and they had to do it. And then they didn't just tumble over a tree. Are you fucking kidding me, ladies and gentlemen? Yes, every single raptor in here is the most incompetent thing you've ever seen in your life. These motherfuckers fall. They just run into walls. They run through walls. Not because they're trying to be scary. Just because they can't figure out a way just to, like, walk down the hallway. Jesus Time Christ. Yes. You say the raptors are incompetent, but the people who think that raptors are a good weapon are even far more incompetent. Oh, I was going to get this too, these... so we're already here now. Yes, we're here now. <laughs> you, so literally, your decision is that I want to use those things as a weapon of mass destruction versus, you know, the real weapons of mass destruction. Because like you know, we have this thing called, like, oh, we just have this thing in history where, you know, in World War II, we bombed someplace, and that place still technically hasn't recovered till this day. You can go do your Googles <laughs> to figure out what that is. It's more effective than a fucking group of raptors. That's all I'm going to say about that. This is dumb. Also, the whole light, the light beam thing that they were doing in this movie, I don't know how that even really works because a lot of times those raptors weren't even in the room and she was shining a light on them and they just knew to attack. You know what? I'm I'm talking about movie stupidity on a level that I shouldn't even go to. Let's just stick to the fact that it's just a stupid movie and things like the new team. You put in a new team of you know Chris Owens and blah, blah, blah. They're the worst thing I've ever seen in a movie. The worst. I don't know how you made Chris Owen. I don't know how you made Chris Pratt uncharismatic in a movie. Chris Pratt literally spends half the movie doing this. <laughs> Stop dinosaur! <laughs> and then they, but it works. Yeah. It's like the dinosaur is like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and me and Jason made a joke. Because... <laughs> we made a joke about it that we're gonna say now. Like maybe the dinosaurs look at him and go, "This must be the dumbest technique ever for me not to eat you." And they get confused because they're like, "Is he really think this <laughs> is gonna work?" Is this dummy. This is and then work. by the time they turn back around, he's run away. And they go, "Oh, he got me!" Like that's that has to be the technique. That has to be the technique. The dinosaurs are like, "Is is he serious?" <laughs> but every time it fools them, um. It's dinosaurs in here that we saw in the preview that look really, really dope. They get one scene and not even like one memorable scene. They just end it for one scene and it's like, okay, that was it. We had another version of a scary dinosaur that you guys wanted because you know why? The people who just made this movie really think we are actually the people that went to Jurassic World 1. That we need stronger, faster, more deadlier dinosaurs. Here's a here's a feel you guys in that make these movies. We don't because you know why? The raptors were in the T-Rexes were menacing enough when you didn't make them freaking idiots. Once you <laughs> yeah. made them idiots, you needed you, yeah, you needed bigger, faster, stronger dinosaurs because you made the bigger, faster, stronger dinosaur a freaking idiot. And now don't get me on the apex predator battle at the end. They're like, oh, he just teams up with another. Like, this is the second time the T-Rex. <laughs> like, well, are we up. friends? But, and they yeah, just stop the fighting the like they're like friends yeah. now. Like, yeah. oh, and then like, they, they kill the big dinosaur, and then just like, oh, yeah, we're done. I but, fist bump, but maybe? the issue is, is like, they, this is the second time. This ain't the first time that T-Rex has done this. It's like, oh, I guess I can't beat them alone. Another apex predator helps me out. And like you said, it's like, we cool? Yeah, we cool. So literally, he gets his butt beat and he goes, hey, we need to form an alliance. That Joker, we got to go whoop his ass. So me and you, we here now. And then we're like, oh, okay, I guess we are here now because I'm, I'm the Wolverine dinosaur. And you're the big, strong, I ain't got no arms dinosaur, so your weakness is my strength, so let's that's... join up to beat this dude down. And that, that happened off screen, evidently, because when they came to go fight, they were in complete unisex. Like, they made, a, they made, like, a tag team move that you see in an Avengers movie to kill the dude. Like, as if they were practicing this 
off screen, like, yeah, okay, then I'm gonna push him, and then you do this, and then once you stab him, I'm gonna chop his head off, and they're like, yeah, that's gonna work. All right, Wolverine dinosaur, get in your position. We're gonna get him, and before you get in your position and I fight him, I'm gonna make sure I make the T Rex face from the logo of the movie so everybody in the audience can go, oh, it's the logo, well, the and then we're gonna fight. Jesus Christ, this movie's just fucking stupid. All right, like, and at then what point in this life- franchise did the T Rex become like the good guy, right? Like where everybody's like rooting for the T Rex. Like he would have killed you too. Well, given the respect, opportunity, <laughs> yes. In respect, Jurassic Park one did set him up for his for his uh, face turn when like they escaped because the Raptors are too busy fighting him. Now it wasn't because he was trying to help them. It's just he was looking for a snack. But they yeah, didn't give like, him oh, a face turn. He's a bigger. I let me eat these things. <laughs> so in 90, 94, 95, he did get his face turned. So I'll give him that. But I'm like you. They've made him like an Avenger for the good side now. <laughs> All right. And my last part of this, my last part of this is that it was bad enough about part two. And I'm going to have Jason talk about part two in a little bit. But it was bad enough for part two that you did what you did. How is it that you have nine quote unquote main like characters and all nine survive and not even survive? I don't even think it even got injured. Nope, didn't get hurt. Not even an inconvenience. So, <laughs> like, so how deadly are your dinosaurs that you are trying to train for the army and military that you can't kill three old ass people, three young and fit people, but actually make dumb decisions and a child? One's a child. <laughs> yeah, oh no, sorry, it was, four, it was four old ass. It was four old ass people because I found out about yeah. uh, the guy, the Asian dude that should be in prison for the rest of his BD, life. BD he was Wong should be, he should be hung from the fucking <laughs> everything that has ever happened, every death that has ever happened in all the Jurassic Park movies are directly related to his doing, and not even like oh I created dinosaurs. No, he acted neglectfully and has killed. Thousands of people. He is worse than Mingla, right? Like he's just like I'm just doing science, and this is fun. Like, no, you should be in a federal prison, you know, awaiting, you know, in the Hague before they hang you for war crimes, man, for crimes against humanity. <laughs> Not this no awesome ass. Him. You know, he has this awesome ass. Like, I'm the only one that can save us. Like, cool. Go ahead and, and kill the giant locusts, and then go to prison. And then uh, maybe we'll give you like another year to live before we hang you for all the shit you've done to humanity. Because all the world's yes. fucked up now because of you. And not also to mention all the people that have been killed. <laughs> Look. And so Fuck you, BD Wong. Say, Take it as personally. <laughs> once, I, once I give my review, people are like, well, Jason, you gave it the review, so it had to be something you liked about it. So I got to fan off because, you know, I just got riled up on how bad the <laughs> movie was. So people that's that listen on the podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my, I got a Kleenex facial tissue wiping my face down because I'm sweating because I got pissed off so bad. All right. The only good thing about this movie, and I'm going to make sure I make this clear so people understand, are the action sets. Not the action itself, because the action itself is shot pretty poorly. It's scenes that don't even really go together in the action, but the action set. So when I go with action set, I mean, you know how you watch a Jackie Chan movie? And Jackie Chan's martial arts ability isn't what makes the, the, the fights great. It's the sets that he puts himself in that he does the, 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 the martial arts in. This movie has great action sets from the, the ice one. That's a great action set. Oh, moment. that was cool. Even, yeah, even the, the motorcycle chase is a great action set moment. And then Claire messing around with the Wolverine dinosaur. It's a good, like, so all these things have good setups. The action in the stuff is straight garbage. It's booty because, like Jason whispered over in the middle of the movie, 
how have none of these people have a gun yet? <laughs> None of these people thought like, "Hey, maybe we should be right? strapped for this because you know there is a down. scene where a person in this movie is trapped in a the car. There's a there's a, a raptor trying to get at him. He's in a car. He has a gun, and instead right. of you know right. putting fifteen bullets in a raptor's face at point blank range, which he could have done, which would have killed it, he decides to use the gun to shoot a hatch so he can crawl away, like. As, as if stupid. the raptor couldn't just jump on top of the boat, <laughs> yeah. which he didn't do for some reason, and kill both of the people. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So again, once again, even that, even that set is a really good set piece in that factory. How they give the fact that he was in the boat area, like again, it's a lot of great action sets in here. Do they use those sets to the, the best benefits? They're hit or miss. But I do, I, I do like the fact that they got creative with the fact that hey, we have this basically destructive wrecking ball and what places we can put this wrecking ball in to build suspense and build some fun and that's the only good thing about this movie because you don't care about the action why because you don't give a shit about the people here you don't give a good goddamn i love bryce dallas howard i think she's fine i think she's a really good actor and it's yes it's things i would do to her but (laughs) she probably walked into this movie and read that script and said it's terrible (laughs) (laughs) she goes "This, this movie's terrible I'm going to phone it in because this is probably the worst acting I've ever seen her. And I have watched, um, was it the, the movie with M. Night Shyamalan? I've watched that movie that she's in. <laughs> oh, The and Village. she did a better job in that than in this. Like, it was The Village. And it wasn't she in the other one, Lady in the Water, too? Like, again. I, was, I stopped watching M. Night Shyamalan movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's terrible. Like I said, Chris Pratt is uncharismatic. You do the, the annoying kid trope. So you can check it off, which is interesting because we're going to have a movie later on in this that actually does a kid character very well. And I was shocked about it because I'm so used to the annoying kid trope. You know the annoying kid tropes? Hey, you're not my dad or you're not my mother. Uh, why can't hey, I, I go anywhere? I, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I hey, don't have You any can't freedom. go anywhere because <laughs> if someone finds you, they're going to lock you up and pull and pull you apart bit by bit, you dumb fuck. <laughs> like yeah, there's a kid, kid trope. So, all right. I, I think I've exercised the demons. Uh, I'm ready to go to the Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Let me let me wipe myself down again. Uh, Jason, what are you giving Jurassic World 3 Dominion or whatever it's called? A negative five out of five. Fuck this movie. Wow. Man, <laughs> Jason gave it. Yeah, I thought we would be closer. Uh, I'm going to give it a 1.5 because of the action sets that I spoke about. And, and I'm only giving it a 0.5 is that if you invest it, your five movies worth of time, you might as well settle up like I did. I invested five movies worth of my life into it. I'm settling it up, so I'm going to give it the five because it's supposed to be the end. And because this, these last two have been so bad, I can only pray that this is the end. And that's why I'm giving oh, it a point five on the premise that it is the end. Now, if they come up with a part uh, a number, a part four, I'm moving it back down to a one because fuck that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm retroactively pulling it down to a one <laughs> ten years down right. the road when they inevitably do a part four. Or Jurassic <laughs> Universe, where fucking dinosaurs in space, or some dumb shit like that, because that's what Hollywood does. Yep, 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 yep. All right, I think before we move Go on, ahead. I think the most egregious part to this is that they that these people who make these movies think they were dumb, and we're not dumb. I mean, most of you right. are not dumb. Some of you are not dumb. <laughs> right, but y'all right, can right. make movies and that aren't dumb because we aren't dumb. And I, 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 I take this one personally. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jason, you had not seen Jurassic World 2 before Jurassic World 3 was coming out. And so I said, Jason, 
I need you to go sit down, run a bubble bath, get a glass <laughs> of wine, light some candles, and get your iPad out and put on Jurassic World 2, Fallen Kingdom. So we're not going to do any one-sentence reviews like that. Jason, what are your thoughts on Jurassic World 2, Fallen Kingdom? Transcribed everything I said about Jurassic World Dominion and just do that, what, two years earlier? Because this movie is also <laughs> asininely dumb. And it's like, with this movie, it's like even more egregious than the last one. Or the, yeah, than the last one. Because it's like, it doesn't even have any new ideas. It does the, oh, we need to do a better dinosaur, uh, genetically marked dinosaur. We Oh, we need to go to the island before it's too late. Oh, it, I think the only good thing that they had going for it was if they had just done the uh, monster in the house thing. And that was a somewhat okay experience when they got to the dinosaur let loose in the house, even though, as we said earlier, the dinosaur does not act like an animal of any sort of, you know, reason. Even a, a smart animal, it acts like a plot device because it's like, hey, I got the two main characters trapped. Uh, how are they going to get out of this one? Oh, I'm going to stop at and, and not eat things that are like easily for me to kill to go chase after something else. Because that's what <laughs> things do? Like, no! <laughs> and it's just, I get that these movies are like PG or PG-13 or whatever, but like, if you're going to be a bad guy, just shoot people. <laughs> like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's this part of the movie where after they tried to murder these people just by leaving them on the island or whatever, I don't know what their dumbass plan was, other than just like, oh, thank you for helping us out here is your payment, two bullets in the face, and then we're done with this. They decide, like, oh, it'd be much easier to not, to, you know, double-cross them and leave them to die rather than just actually killing them and getting away with it. And then they get captured again. And then instead of just killing them again, they're just like, oh, no, you guys wait here until our evil plan is done. And then we're going to come back, and, oh, you're going to get it when we come back, even <laughs> though this guy right here has a gun and no one knows you're here at all. <laughs> and I also have the means to make your body disappear because I have fucking dinosaurs around. But no, I'm gonna go do this thing first, and then I'm gonna come back. And hold, I'm, hold on, hold on. Are you here. suggesting? <laughs> hold on. Are you suggesting that <laughs> Jurassic World Two they should have Carol Baskin the the people there? Like, hey, I'm oh, gonna yeah. throw throw those bodies over there, and I don't know where they were. <laughs> or like, because here's the thing: like, you are are writing this, right? You are writing this. You're directing this. You're editing this. Okay. So you could come up with a clever scenario where the guy's like, you know what, I'm going to shoot you now. And then something other thing happens rather than like, you know, maybe one of the dinosaurs gets loose before they get shot or something. Not this long convoluted like, ha I got you. We're going to kill you, but not right now. I'm going to walk away and not look at you and not have anybody watch you because I know you're safe here and it's, this is going to work out. This is all going to work out for me. And it's just like, ah. it's, it's, this is poor writing. That's the problem. It's poor writing. It thinks that the audience is fucking dumb. And I hate that shit. Like it like literally like the worst the the best thing that the worst way to make me hate a movie is to make it think like your audience is dumb. And like this and this has been this they had, you know, kind of like sprinklings of this in Jurassic World, the first one, but it was like more of a spectacle that you got so much going on that you just kind of like, you know, glossed over the, the the fact that they think you're an idiot. But in these last two movies, there's like, oh no, 
y'all are just here for fucking dinosaurs. And uh, so whatever else we have to write is like, no, y'all fucking morons are going to, you know, know the difference. You're barely able, capable of the breathing. So, like, we'll just put whatever <laughs> and you're going to make us a billion dollars because I don't give a fuck about you. Are we barely capable of breathing because it's so hot or because of obesity? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Because what, what, you're either high or you're too dumb or you're too fat. I don't fucking know. And then the ending of this fucking movie, for those who don't know, is that these adults are sitting here and they had a chance to have most of these dinosaurs, especially some very dangerous dinosaurs, die, which would have been the responsible thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yet they let a child go. They deserve to live too and freeze them, freeze the dinosaurs, and immediately mm-hmm. 30 people die. Because <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what hurts. That's gonna start the first, the next movie is that people are dying. You unleash a fucking, and they have this sh- shot where this T Rex is at a fucking zoo, roaring at a lion. Like that's supposed to be cool. And if you think about it for more than two seconds, how many little kids at the zoo did he eat before it got to the lion? <laughs> right? I never thought about that. You're so right. <laughs> like you have the mosasaur, and this is in the last fucking movie shot, of the last movie. You know, sibbing around with the whales. And, like, in the first movie, that shit ate great white sharks and shit. You think it's going to sit there and not eat a fucking humpback well when it's three times the size? Like, this is bad. <laughs> this is dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. if I were there, I'm like, girl, you better not touch that button. You let all the motherfuckers suffocate. Hopefully they die. And then I'm going to go back down in there once the cla- gas clears. And I'm going to put a bullet in each one of their heads to make sure they're dead. And then I'm going to burn this motherfucking place down. Because this should not be a thing. <laughs> There's a Look. reason why in the end of the second book, you know, fucking Michael Crichton decided to nuke the island because this is bad. <laughs> Dinosaurs in real life would be bad, people. I don't care what your three-year-old nephew says. Scott's not right. He's three. <laughs> so what would you give, what would you rate Jurassic World 2? All right, so uh, I would give it a negative four out of five. <laughs> Okay, well, that leads us to my very next conversation. We are going to rank all of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World movies, not including one, because that is low-hanging fruit, but we're going <laughs> to rate, uh, rate all the rest of them. So, what outside of number one, what is the best Jurassic World or Jurassic Park movie after Jurassic Park 1? Jurassic Park 2 is the best. After okay, I probably am going to go... I'm probably going to go Jurassic World for me. Even though it's stupid, it felt still fun enough. What do you have at the uh, at the two, then, for you? It's going to have to be Jurassic World, because even though it's stupid, it was pretty fun. But, yeah, Jurassic okay. World. All right. Mine after that would probably be... It is where I get kicked in the nuts here. <laughs> I enjoy Jurassic World, uh, Jurassic Park 3. I like Dr. Grant, even though we get the dumb raptor going, Alan, which is completely <laughs> bullshit, and the kid living in the house. It's a, it's a rock with <laughs> Yeah, I, I get it, but I rocks with uh, with, 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 J, with, with JP3. Uh, so I'm probably going to go JP3 for me. And what is your next one after Jurassic right. World 1? Obviously, since we only have like three movies left. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and I just gave the last two of them abysmal scores. I'm going to go with Jurassic Park 3. I actually, and this is where they started the whole 
bigger dinosaurs, better thing with a Spinosaurus, even though the Spinosaurus mm-hmm. is like smaller than a T Rex in in real life or whatever. But it's still like I. It's fun because it's like these people are just trapped on an island with dinosaurs. Like, why is why are we doing anything more than that? <laughs> right. It's just right. Jurassic Park two all over again. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, Jurassic Park two after that. And now we get down to the real fun. <laughs> what do we? I'm done with your... this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to rate anymore. I'm done. <laughs> so by your rating, technically yours would be Jurassic World two, and then Jurassic World three by your rating. Look, that's like saying who is the nicest fucking white supremacist out there. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> like I hate okay, them both. So I'm... Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go Jurassic World 3, the Jurassic World 2. So, to sum up your list is JP1 Classic, JP2, Jurassic World Pretty 1, good. JP3, uh, then Jurassic World 2, the Jurassic World 3. And then my I list, guess. I have, again, the classic JP1, Jurassic World 1, Jurassic Park JP3, then I have Jurassic Park 2, and then I have Jurassic World 3, and then Jurassic World 2. I hated Jurassic World 2, man. At Fallen Kingdom, like, if I could have, like, had an Uzi and shot the screen, I would have shot at the screen and been sorry for any <laughs> collateral damage that would have happened after that. Um, the chicken with the trilogies, walked right into jail and were like, yo, just hate me. I don't care anymore. I yeah, yeah, I did you all a favor, but now you have to watch the rest of that movie. So speaking of trilogies, let's talk about, let's play a good game of this or that. You could get with this or you could get with that. And so that this get, is going to be that's a hip hop reference, everybody. I got that. <laughs> the Jurassic World trilogy versus whatever other trilogy I put up. Now I did take some. I did take. There some has fun, to be some stinkers in here. All right, look, you better look, have put some, take some fun privileges. In some movies, I did have a fourth. I just said let's cut out the fourth and go with that. So, Jurassic World, this or Jurassic Park trilogy. Jurassic Park trilogy. Come on, that was. It. Come on, anybody well, who says hate, otherwise. People hate, people hate people hate two and three, so that's why I ask. Just like people hate two and three of this one, so that's why I ask. All right, look, two the and Matrix three of Jurassic Tril- World is like, or the Jurassic Park is like freaking Citizen Kane and 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 uh, Shawshank Redemption compared to fucking these two movies. <laughs> okay, then we have this the Jurassic World trilogy versus the Matrix trilogy. I'm excluding the, the fourth one because whatever. What fourth one? Exactly. So <laughs> the basic trilogy by far. Okay. At least it's, right. they're fun. <laughs> True. Um Jurassic World trilogy this or the new Star Wars trilogy that. Come on, dude. Star Wars all the way. Fuck Jurassic World. I even I love <laughs> I love uh Kelly Tran's character. I love fucking Rose Tico. She's the best. <laughs> and the whole okay. entire all fucking right. Canto bite scene was awesome. Fuck y'all! <laughs> All right, let's get a little uh, let's get a little thicker here. Then this Jurassic World trilogy versus Men in Black trilogy, not including International. Get rid of that. The Men in Black, the Will Smith trilogy of Men in Black. See, because each Men in Black had Will Smith do a clash, uh, a clever song, so I got to go with Men in Black <laughs> just because of the song. <laughs> okay. okay. This Jurassic World trilogy versus that the Iron Man trilogy. Come on, like I don't know who is picking Jurassic World over in these movies. Look, Iron people Man, say that Iron, Iron Man, Man two, two and three suck. Like I know oh, you well, may not agree. Me don't agree about I three. Do, I we, we think that three is great. But people say Iron Man two awesome. and three suck. I, I even think two. two is great. 
You know, fucking People Justin Hammer two. is awesome. And, and, I, I don't care should, for two. I'm gonna keep it real. Two's too strong. They should bring uh, <laughs> Justin Hammer back. He was the best villain. But yeah, Iron Man all the way. <laughs> I, I agree with that too. All right, Jurassic World trilogy. This or the Thor trilogy. That you can make an argument. Even Thor with, one and two are kind of bad. Even with Thor: The Dark World, Thor: The Dark World, even at its worst, even at its worst, is still <laughs> better. Both of those movies combined. <laughs> Even at its worst. <laughs> and then you throw in three, which is like the best one, like almost the best Marvel movie, some would say. Yeah, right, right, right. So, no, okay. no. I gotta take Thor over this. Right. <laughs> the last one I have for you, Jurassic World Trilogy, this, or the first three Fast and Furious movies, that. Oh, you you fucking with me now. <laughs> <laughs> so people don't know, that includes the original one with Vin Diesel and Paul Walker, the second one with Paul Walker and Tyrese, and the third one is Tokyo Drift. That is the first three See, uh, Fast and Furious movies. You know, I want to go Jurassic World just to just prove you, to prove you wrong that there was something worse out there, but the first <laughs> three Fast and the Furious movies are like grounded like racing movies with just silly characters. So, mm-hmm. like, until and they don't start doing anything outlandishly stupid until like the fourth movie. So, I gotta go with Fast and Furious, the first three, man. Like, even with fucking Lucas Black's giant forehead, even though he's 45 years old trying to play a teenager, like, I just moved to Japan. I'm in high school. Like, no, you're not, dude. Shame. <laughs> go get a job, grown ass man. Stop hitting on the little <laughs> high school girls, man. Oh, I, man. I know. I know you weebs out there think y'all can go and, and get a high school Japanese girl, but that's wrong, and you're disgusting, and you're sickos. Especially you, Lucas Black. <laughs> oh, my God. You're going to call Lucas Black out, buddy. Lucas Black's name hasn't been called in, like, <laughs> 40 years. <laughs> I, I was going to say 10, but, yeah, 40 is a good range, too. 40 is a real good range. The kid well. was born in 1965, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, upon receiving a terminal diagnosis, Sarah opts for a cloning procedure to ease her loss on her friends and family. When she makes a sudden and miraculous recovery, her attempts to decommission her clone fail, leading to a court-mandated duel to the death. Now she has one year to train her mind and body for the fight of her life. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the summary of a little indie film called Duel, starring Karen Gillum. Um, this is that point where we take an ad break and we tell you about the great and wonderful things that we have going on that are nerd focused and in your face art. And if you want to check that all out, check that out in our description. If you are watching this live, then again, nerd focus, we'll put the promo code up there in a little bit. And then we, in your face art will be in your face dot r uh, dot com in your face art dot com. You can check that out. All right, going from there, we're going to do it like we do it every single time. Jason, what is your one sentence review for Duel? What's better than one in Karen Gilliam? Two Karen Gilliams. <laughs> <laughs> My one sentence is why can I not live in a world where there are two Karen Gilliams that can teach me hip hop dancing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping right into this movie. Um, look, this movie's deadpan, dark comedy. This director also directed, if you've never seen, The Art of Self-Defense with J.C. Eisenberg, which I thought was really good. That's what made me intrigued about this one and the fact that Karen Gilliam in it. 
So if you're not a cinephile film person, I'm like, you know, this ain't the movie for you. <laughs> it's very deadpan. It's very, the humor is very like, are they serious right now? Or are they joking? <laughs> or is this real? Is this fake? It's very that much in there. So the premise of this movie, they set the tone of it at the very opening scenes. Like, I'm pretty sure Jason will agree. Like, if you want to know what this movie is, watch the very first 15 minutes. And if it don't capture you, get out. But if it captures <laughs> you, you're in for a nice, fun, and, and delightful ride. Um, Karen Gillum in this movie doesn't do a lot when it comes to the acting portion. Like, she's very subtle in this one and subdued. But it works so well for the world that they build in here. And even from how this film is uh, like shot, it feels very down. Like, it feels like it rained every day. Like it was an overcast yeah. almost every day in this movie. It felt very down. It felt very dour. Um, now, granted, you're dealing with somebody who thinks they're term terminally ill and going to die. But even just how her response to her life was, was very like, oh, ho-hum. And when you first watch it, it's jarring because you're like, no one would act this way. Nobody would feel this way. But as you flesh the character out more and more, you go, oh, it makes sense that she acts and feels this way because the things in her life she appreciates but really doesn't care for yeah you know it's almost like their second nature to just her 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 whims but then she has no real whims that actually that she's into it's just there uh it is a great scene where she pulls out her laptop and watches some stuff and i thought that was <laughs> hilarious because it felt like you know yeah at least, at least she still wants that um i thought that her ability to play two characters was very fun as well especially because they really nail home that these characters are almost just alike, except for the clone yeah, has little subtle differences. A slight and, different. <laughs> yeah, when you hear the differences between them, you go, oh, yeah, they're right. She does do that, or the clone does do that better, or the clone does. Like, it's just funny because you see the clone act away, and when it's pointed out to you, you kind of register to be like, oh, yeah, she does seem to actually like, like her mother. She does actually seem to like dual inflection when she says someone's name to make it seem like she's pleasantly is liking their arrival or be around them. So it's little small differences like that because the clone basically is a sponge of its owner. So I thought that was very creative in the sense that you can say those things, but they actually presented it and nailed it, nailed it home very, very well. Um, the real star of this show, though, is Aaron Paul, man. Oh, I don't think yeah. he even <laughs> was setting out to steal this show, steal this movie, <laughs> but he stole this movie. Every scene between him and her is just magnetic. And the great thing about these scenes is that you feel like it should be some kind of like sexual tension or something there. They do but play even up when they, they <laughs> Yeah, they play the it up and it. it's like, nah, that wasn't that. It's just a <laughs> dude's just a regular dude living his life, and this chick's a regular chick getting ready for a battle for her life. It's just but it's so hilarious because the twist of when you actually think it's going to hit the pinnacle, the twist is just probably the best part of the movie that what happens between them two. So I won't spoil it. I mean. Jason may spoil it, but if anybody, I'll spoil it. I'll give them. <laughs> yeah, I'll let people enjoy it. Um, I will say this: uh, Jeremy me and Jaren have had an argument about the lankiness of Karen Gillum and her ability to do action set pieces in film. She looks real lanky in this. When even at one point, my wife is like, "Does she not know how to run?" Because she looks so awkward running. And I was like, she is "I think she's just shorter than lanky. me by an inch. She's only five ten. For a woman, that's pretty lanky and tall. And yeah, lanky, I right? guess she has yeah. a lot of legs, I've, a lot of arms. I've seen taller. All right. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I've seen Yao Ming too, and I don't. Just... Anyway, we're going to. Yeah, she does seem lanky. 
But I think if I was going to go point I was going to go to was that it plays into her character of being as being an average everyday woman who's not skilled at anything in particular. So even at one yeah. point in the movie, you talk about how she like goes to the gym and she's so excited about it because she don't do shit like that. And it's like, yeah, like so I thought her awkwardness and her physicality, I thought was a plus in the movie, is what I was leading to. Yeah. Um and her hip hop dance is so bad. It's great. <laughs> oh, oh yes, yes. Um, when they go to the the doubles meeting, great moment there. <laughs> like, like, yeah, we can do this, but we don't have to do it like that guy because obviously, <laughs> obviously, like, great moment there. yeah, yeah, great Which, moment. What, um, like, let, let's be honest. Like, come on, guys, let's be honest. If you had a clone of yourself, you you know, you probably fuck it. <laughs> come on, um, you know. And then the ending. The ending. Is something that I did not see or expect coming, but when it ended, I was like, "That is very fitting." People, people talk about you know, oh, you know, you should be thankful to be alive. You should be thankful mm-hmm. that you have life. You should be whatever. Yes, am I thankful for those things? Absolutely. I don't want to say this, but for people that have a lot of responsibility and a lot of burden and things that have been thrusted on them that they did not actually sign up for, but they have to do this because this is what life is given to them. Yeah. It is a very somber and disappointing thing of feeling because we and you, we've been trained our whole lives to understand that life isn't fair and that things are going to deal with just because this is what life is. Can you imagine a clone who basically is absorbing what the world is and realizing like, this is all these responsibilities you have to do just to be human and live. It can be nerve-wracking and it can be very depressing. So, like, I love the way the movie speaks to those things of human existence without being like, message! Like, they just let it be what it is. So, uh, look, man, it, it, <laughs> this look movie the camera, is very though. well made. Here's yeah, the right, theme. <laughs> right. right. Uh, this movie is just very well made. has a lot of small touches in it that are, that when you watch it as a film, as a cinephile, You'll enjoy a lot. So, I mean, I'm going to let Jason go and go because he he sees a lot more things that I used to see. I just kind of very black and white when it comes to movies. So I'm interested to see what you think about this movie, Jason. I hated it. No, I'm kidding. I love this movie. This, and <laughs> <laughs> hated it. I hated it. <laughs> no, but, like, this is a, definitely a movie that was only going to be liked by a particular set of people. Uh it's going to be liked by you know a particular set of movie of movie watchers because it is very 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 dry. And as we were talking about you know how in the last couple of movies that the dinosaurs don't act like dino- animals, in this movie people don't really talk like people. Like they are like especially uh, Karen Gillian's character uh, Sarah. She kind of just like monotonely just like like recites things to people like like almost as if she's just. Almost as if she just memorized a line and had to get it out like right then before she forgot it mm-hmm. or something like that. And it's like it's very off-putting, but like you realize like she's off-putting girl. <laughs> that's why her life uh kind of unfolds before her, because like that's just the way she is. And so and like it is a very subtle performance, and it's very cool because you get like two very subtle performances. Because as you said, the clone acts almost immediately like her yet just a little bit different like and like it's not even like things you can really put your hand on other than the fact that like when i was looking at it, i was like man this clone's kind of a bitch like but she doesn't like <laughs> it's just like oh uh 
And like, especially when they're like, oh, I want to need another shirt because this one's a little bit too uh, loose on me because I'm a little bit skinnier than you or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, oh, yeah, she's like, you can see like how like she's slowly like almost unknowingly degrading more and more of her already like fragile like ego that she has. And then right. when other people like tend to like, and there's a there's a point in the movie where like, I don't want to spoil it because it's good, but I mean, the, the, the thing is that they have to fight to the death because, uh, you know, uh, Sarah finds out that she's not going to die. And like, but the clone has already been like so inserted into her life that she's been like, basically has already replaced her, like in front mm-hmm. of her. <laughs> and it's like living a better life. But then like, it's, it's so many, so many cool things happen because then it, like it sours to the clone, but you know, but the clone mm-hmm. still wants to live. And, but also, you know, Sarah wants to live, and like, and it's uh, so many cool little things happen in this movie that it's it's a it's well worth watching, and it's it's well worth not spoiling because the ending is such a, a twist. It's a twist. Uh, yeah, yeah. That because the beginning sets the tone, but the ending undercuts what the beginning set forth, and mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool because you think this is going to go in an opposite direction. Or you think it's going to go in the same direction that's already been set, but it goes in a third way or a fourth way. Who knows? <laughs> but, <laughs> but you definitely get to see the burden of life on people who definitely don't choose a lot of the choices that, or a lot of the situations that are in. And I think that's the, the best thing about this because, yeah, you can see like just because you might have been born in a circumstance where you seem to be unburdened you are quickly burdened by the world and uh mm-hmm. and i and that's a pretty and that's a pretty and they and they pretty much like subtly hammer this message home that you know there is no perfect life and that's that's what's cool about this movie so yeah i enjoyed it. and karen Gillum's hot uh let's just be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you know chauvinistic and and masculinely toxic and just be like yeah and she pretty much it and that, and they have a dance scene with Aaron Rodgers that is so awkwardly great. It's 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 fun. It, all the comedy is just <laughs> you will never laugh out loud in this movie, but you'd be like, "Huh, this is funny." <laughs> right, right, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, um, Jason, what are you rating? Duel. Let's go with uh, four out of five. Four point five out of five. It could use a little bit more Aaron Paul. <laughs> And his big ass forehead. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna go. I'm gonna go a three point five out of five. Not because I dislike it. I liked it a lot. I just want to also leave the fact that if you're not a a movie movie person, this ain't for you. Like this is going to be like yeah. if you're a movie movie person, I'm with Jason Score. If you're not a movie movie person, I think you can enjoy it on some level, but it's not gonna be your cup of tea. So, yeah, my stepdad's gonna you know, not like this movie. <laughs> right. Go, when did they get to kill each other? Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you watching this old bullshit. Ghost Blue is not gonna like this movie. <laughs> why are they dancing all the time? Why we got yeah, why she dancing like that? <laughs> <laughs> Just be disgruntled about the whole movie the whole way through. <laughs> Hunted by mysterious forces, a young woman who has supernatural abilities must go on a run when her powers are discovered. With nowhere else to go, she flees back to her family in the farmhouse she abandoned long ago. 
There, while being pursued by local sheriffs, she begins to mend the broken relationships with her mother and daughter and learns that the power she needed was inside her all, all alone. <laughs> as we're going to do it, as we do it every single time, Jason, what is your one sentence review of the movie Fast Color? This movie should have been named Slow Color or Slow as Snail Shit Color. <laughs> <laughs> But what's in this review is when you try to capitalize on the YA trend, but you black. It's my what's in this review of fast color. Um, this is the point where we will probably insert some kind of ad here, but remember to go ahead and go look at the link in the description, get some nerd focus, go ahead and check out one of our friends, uh, shirt and poster and hoodie store at inyofaceart.com. You'll like some good stuff there. All right, Jason. This was our very first user, customer, I guess. Oh, yeah, viewer <laughs> review movie that we had. Uh, just spoiler alert: the the person that asked me access to watch this was my aunt. So you know, go and give a shout out to my aunt Linda. She thought it'd be something. I got aunt Linda watching. too. Hi, auntie. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought we would do this. So Jason, what are your thoughts on Fast Color? Uh, yeah, this is a slow. Burn. <laughs> like this for half the movie i'm like when is this going to get interesting and it does but i'm like when is it going to get interesting <laughs> it is a very methodically placed movie this is not your traditional superhero power movie where everything's blowing up every five seconds this is certainly a family drama with some superpowers mixed in uh and i did not appreciate it until like the end and I'm I'm glad I finished it because I enjoyed it at the end, but it was definitely a journey getting there. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it's slow. I I think one of the things I guess probably was detrimental to me was uh, they should not have put so much focus on Ruth per se as they should have put more focus on her mother, because I feel like that would have been a better story. Just seeing her raising her granddaughter. With they're both having these sets of powers, and then Ruth showing up to kind of dis, you know, discombobulate their uh, homogeneous or their their nice lifestyle here in a world where there's no water, which is also like a cool like setting too. Where it's like, yeah, we're all fucking dying of thirst out here, <laughs> even though there's still clouds in the sky. I don't see how that works, but like sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes you do just gotta let it slide. I know I'm the worst at letting things slide. I'm like, they're clouds. They should be able to have rain sometimes. But I don't know. I'm not a weather. I'm not a meteorologist. I don't fucking know weather. But uh, the world is interesting. The very the end of the movie is very very cool. Um, a lot of things kind of like all happen at once at the end. So it's kind of like a rush to the ending. Uh, and then it's kind of like. I guess they're rushing to set up a, a sequel that will never happen because this movie is already mm -hmm. four years old at this point. But like, after sitting with it, like I I enjoyed this. This this is not going to uh, set someone's, you know, they're not going to set a fire into someone and be like, I want to go make more of these movies. But it's still like a cool thing to see. I think the way I appreciate this more is because this uh, deals with primarily just three black women and dealing with the emotional trauma of growing up as black women 
and and also they have powers. <laughs> and this kind of stuff like makes me think of my mom because my mom always says there's not really many uh, movies or properties or anything where there is an older black lady as a main character. And that's why I would like this movie to be more about the because it kind of switches from Ruth to her mom after a while. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, you could you could say that she's actually the main character of this. Uh, you can probably make an argument for that, that the mother is the main character. And I really appreciate, you know, how fleshed out she was, I think, is the, the, what is, is the word I'm looking for. As yeah. well as, like, you know, then, you know, the little daughter who's uh, black girl magic, hashtag black girl magic all day, every day. Just <laughs> being the best at everything. Mary Sue and the shit out of things. But this just showing that, like, they had the power to not be afraid all along. And this that's kind of like the message of the story. Even though they were kind of afraid, they should have never been afraid. And I think that's cool. And that they could have changed the world, you know, if they had not, if they had let themselves do so. So I really enjoy this, even though it is slow. <laughs> like, very, very slow. I cannot tell you enough how slow this is. It's yeah. slow. All right. All right. He, he, he no, fully exaggerating, but he's exaggerating a bit. Um, this movie is wildly underrated, man. And I am so mad at myself that I did not rush out and see this in theaters when this was out. This is, like you said, this is a very huge character study of Black women's trauma and generational teachings that may not always be up to date with what the culture is at the current moment. Uh, me and Jason have talked about things that our parents would do to us when we were children because of the environments we grew up in or because of just traditional, almost slave or poor people mentalities that were passed down and how we don't do that with our kids because our kids don't live in those environments we grew up. This movie is that. And they kind of mm-hmm. simulate those things through the powers and abilities of these women. This movie gave me a lot of like unbreakable feels not unbreakable mm. because of how the tone is but, but when you watch unbreakable for the first time before you know the twist it's just a character study of a man that can't figure out who he really is and he finds out who he really is is because he 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 had powers he was he should be something more so i really really appreciated that because i think unbreakable is one of the better superhero movies of all time that nobody talks about because the rest of M. Night Shyamalan's career, kind of whatever, but also, like Jason said, it's a slow burn, just like this movie. It's a yeah. slow burn, and it does slow because they want you to sit with these characters. They want you to empathize with these characters. They want you to see these characters' lives and the decisions that were made by other people and how it shaped their lives. Even going to the Godfather or the grandfather and how decisions yeah. that were made has shaped everybody's lives around them and. You're correct. If this could have gotten a sequel, they got rid of all the heavy lifting we needed, so that sequel could have turned up. That <laughs> this black girl's just doing magic shit. Ah, we're doing family. Yeah, we're saving the world. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that the sequel could have been X Men. It could have been her forming a group and a team of black girl magic to go out here and get get it done. Because they do. They make sure before you leave this movie, you know every character, every character's motivation, why they're motivated by this thing, and why it's important to them and their family. And they do a great job of doing it. Even if you wiped away the, the point of the powers, it's still a powerful story of a young a young woman that's trying to find herself and find her place and who's been told that, like, 
she's this because of her abilities of who she is. And then when those abilities are no longer there for her, she doesn't know who she is. And I thought, hey, and I'm like you, I would have preferred to see a prequel of this. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred to see her that actually the mother raising the daughter, raising Ruth, and then having Ruth and it, it, it ending with Ruth showing up on the doorstep with the baby. I would have rather seen that story be told to see what Ruth went through from the drug abuse and all the stuff that was going on with her. Because again, I think when she didn't couldn't get into her powers anymore, I think she felt like she lost a part of herself. She lost who she was and she started resorting to what everybody does normally when you can't figure out who you are. You use ghost substances to help you yeah. cope with that well, feeling that you don't feel whole. You exactly. And so I thought this this movie did a great job. And I'm like, I'm, I agree with Jason. Jason did it on the head. Power through it. And I'm gonna say power through it. It's intriguing, like it's an interesting movie. Yeah. But if you don't if you don't know what you're in for, you're gonna be like, okay, they just talking. Why they just keep talking? And like you just keep going through the motions on here. When um, but like I said, the characters feel really uh, the mother and God forgive me, I don't know her real name. This this her acting in this movie should have got her more roles. Because the mother, Bo, she's phenomenal in this movie. Mm-hmm. She is phenomenal. She's so good that it almost takes away that Ruth puts on a good, like a good performance. But when they go top, when they go head to head and toe to toe in acting, she gets laps right around her. And I, and I feel <laughs> like it made me, like you said, it made Ruth want to see more of the mother than anything because she was yeah. so good in this. And I think it hurts the movie. I think that's the real biggest thing that hurts the movie is that I don't think Ruth is strong enough as an actress. To 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 be with these heavy this heavy hitter and it shows and every time they interact, um, but but the performance is still good. Um, the one thing I will admire about this movie, you finally made a movie where the kid isn't freaking annoying. Yes, <laughs> the kid she's is good. the most rational person. She's the most rational person of the whole thing because she doesn't have <laughs> the traumatic baggage that the mother and Ruth have. So a lot of times when they get into it, she's usually the rational voice because that's what happens when you don't have trauma. When you don't have trauma, you're able to think clearly and go, well, no, that doesn't make any sense, blah, 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 blah. And they have the answer to this girl that's, like, making complete sense. And they do kind of code like, it why with y'all that, acted like that genius <laughs> and all that type of stuff. But still. I mean, it's, it's, ahead, it's great because, like, I mean, like, yeah, you know, a lot of times uh, people have a one-note way of writing children characters. And, you know, and also children actors being children, they're not very good at it because <laughs> they're Right. They've only been doing it for like a year. But this little girl, she came in here. Not only did they write her character very well, but she came in here and she acted very well. And it's just all shines. And it's it's great. Um right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you could you could call her kind of call her Mary Sue because she's fixing record players and, and trucks. And I'm a grown ass man, I couldn't fix none of them shits. <laughs> I'll get but, that because like... I felt the same way. <laughs> they do something very slick in the movie, and I don't know if you caught it near the end. When Ruth is with her father, and he goes, and this this line is completely in here for for what we're talking about. He goes, "I know you're wondering why I got rid of the body shop, and I, but I figured becoming a sheriff would be an easy way to protect you." So they're setting up that genetically, like they, they're yeah, good with she their already, hands. And, yeah, good with their hands. Yeah, right. That little I girl thought that was very slick that you put it in. Right, right, but right. Like right. They also, but it's also not like she's like, "Oh, I did this today," and like, "Look what I did in this five seconds." Like. When she's fixing the truck, she, it takes her most of the movie to fix the truck, right? Absolutely. She doesn't just fix it. Like like in, let's say, Jurassic World, where the kids find 40-year-old vehicles, and they're like, oh, we got it fixed in two hours, you know? And, like, we're <laughs> right. driving away. Like, no, that's not going to happen. And, like, you know, 
And there's also a part where she's confronted because she is taking more tools than you know than they are buying, <laughs> using her powers to take the ones that she needs as well. But I also thought that's clever because, like, shit, if I had the powers, that's I'd what do the exact kid same. Would do. Yeah, right. I would do the she exact even same thing. About it, be like, <laughs> we got these powers. Why can't we use them? Like, because that's yeah. what a kid would think and feel like. I have this ability, and we can't afford these things, so why not? But so again, I shout out to writing the character good and. We didn't have to hear any moment of being like, well, you're not my real mom. Or like, you've never been around. Yeah. Like, it was yeah, great to or see. Or any like, of that bullshit. Like, why can't I leave? Ah, I mean, she did say something like that. But there was a really cool moment where she was like, well, you left. And she's like, I know exactly. See where that got me. <laughs> right. So it's like, right back don't here. repeat my, yeah, don't repeat my mistakes. And I thought that was a really cool moment, too. Also, so, too, like, when they finally do the reveal of why Ruth gave up, you know, gave up the child on it. It it makes sense. Like it makes good theatrical sense, and also it helps with why Ruth is the character she is. By the time we meet her at the beginning, I mm-hmm. thought that was a very like it, it. It made great, and it's rare that you get movies where you as a parent feel like that's she made the right decision for her kid, and I see why she did that. And you don't really have any clap back on it because it's like yeah, like she was going to be a threat or dangerous to her child. Hell, the scene that made her realize she was a danger was heart-stopping for me, and I knew how it was going to end, but even I was like, oh, my God, like, this is insane. <laughs> and so yeah. um, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, again, I said I would love to see a prequel. The only thing I would say that kind of uh, uh, about me with the movie is, is what you mentioned, like, they have the shortage on water, but we never really get to see how that affects the world around them. Yeah, it now, I know really, they spent really... so much time dealing with the characters and developing them and giving them what we needed, but I feel like if you're going to introduce the, the whole water crisis into it and then how the movie ends with whatever, whatever, I felt like you you had to play it really heavily how this water. It should have been more like a, it seemed like every uh, right. Like a like a, a, a what was it? Uh, what was that tank girl where she's like everything's deserts and shit. Like it seems like there's not water, but there's a there's enough and everybody's like, we're still fine, but it's not right. fine. It's just, it's just more inconvenience. We just can't just yeah. turn on the faucet. Like, yeah, that's it. That's what I, I wish. That because they're, they're only selling water for like fifty bucks for like a big old jug or whatever. And I'm like, that. I'm, that's actually kind of like regular prices now. <laughs> well, we are getting close to a real life water crisis in the, yeah. the next twenty years. So uh, I don't got uh, no magical powers. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I did. That's the only critique I had was that I just wish one that probably sp- could have sped some of this up. But also that, like, if you're going to introduce that whole water thing, like, make it, like, make it, like, fit into something with the line. But also, again, when you watch this movie, you can definitely tell they thought in their mind they had a franchise on their hands and this is going to work. Sad thing is, is that if people watch this review and go and start watching this movie, they're going to feel like, damn, we could have had one of those things that we've been begging for in 2020 to 2022 is, why aren't we getting, like your mother said, movies that talk about black women but I don't know slavery or I need a man and oh yeah. man, like none of that kind of weak and weakness stuff, but strong black women that are out here doing their thing and like love and protect their family. And that's what's important to them. So I feel like this movie like red tails definitely needs to get back on people's radars and definitely people need to check these out and mm-hmm. give these, they give them their flowers. Cause this is a good movie that if they would have made sequels to, I did find out that Viola Davis in 2019 was pushing to get Amazon to pick it up as a series, I didn't read more and see how that went. But how maybe you not listen to Viola Davis? We get more. 
I don't know about another son of Viola Davis. You would think she has enough clout to make anything happen, but look, again, I'll be interested we to see if they actually is. do green light it, because that'd be fine. tight. <laughs> but uh, there's also Jason, a cool thing that I like from this movie as well, is that the uh, scientist guy, um, not a complete bad guy. He was like, yo, I'm actually trying to help. Now, these other motherfuckers, they bad guy. <laughs> yeah, but I'm trying to help. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Jason, what would you rate Fast Colors? Uh, I would, yeah, after sitting through it, because it's slow, four out of five. <laughs> um, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm four out of five on this as well. I, again, if you like dramatic movies, this is up your alley. Again, like Jason's right, you go, it's a 45-minute chunk, almost to an hour, where, again, it's intriguing, but it's like yeah. you want to see powers a- and shit. <laughs> it's a family trauma centered movie that doesn't have to deal with the tropes of normal black people family trauma, which is right. great. <laughs> right, 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 right. Absolutely. All right. We are going to get to the fun part of the show. Yes. That we do once every couple of couple of weeks. We have our I comment get... portion of the show where we read some of the comments that were left by you, the viewer. And, and where I get to compel complete strangers to lick parts of my anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> that That is true. That is what he does, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so do not be offended. I mean, I don't care if you're offended or not. But and just enjoy it. Have some fun here. All right. The first We're all having fun. It's all good fun. One. It's all good fun. <laughs> uh, I have this really long one that I got to start off with. So everybody bear go. with me because I do appreciate it. Um, He just don't so, really good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's part of it too. <laughs> okay, so we have v- uh, Verax Music. Ooh, He's responding name. to our, our 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 last comment show, so he puts the timestamp <laughs> there at twenty seven forty three. Uh, I I appreciate y'all reading my comment, but just to respond to Jason, you not yes. me. Uh, I know. <laughs> saying how no one can touch Ledger, so stop trying, because this is a reference to the Batman where he made a reference that he thought that the Riddler's performance um, was, I don't want to say he suggested, well, he'll explain himself there, but you made a comment about like, uh, basically it wasn't as good as Jer- uh, as Ledger's. Everybody should stop trying, trying to be, be Jared Little, or not Jared Little, everybody should stop trying to be Heath Ledger. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Everybody since right. then have been trying to be Heath Ledger, and they should stop. They should be themselves. That's what I'm saying. So he addresses it. He goes, no one can touch Ledger, so stop trying. He, you know, quotes you as you said that. He goes, I don't Very think Dano quote. was trying to be... <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> think Dano was trying to be anything like Ledger. So I even make that comment that you did. Have you heard anyone say that or him allude to that in any way? Have you heard anyone make the comparison of, and here, Dano was very clearly channeling Ledger? Not a single person. There's no way <sighs> you would watch that performance and think, yep, this dude... Trying to be like he, so why did you why, <laughs> so why go on that mini diatribe that you did? Now what happened is you clearly didn't listen to your co-host as he read my comment. I stated his performance is on the tier and level of Ledger. Guess I'll be even more specific since there's apparently a risk of being misconstrued unless I spell it out with painstaking detail. His performance was as engrossing and engaging to me as Heath Ledger's Joker. I really don't know how you took my comment and thought, nope, 
Stop trying to say he's doing a doing a better ledger. Stop trying to make the comparison. That's like if someone said, you know what? That little post move you did, that sort of reminded me of Akeem's patented dream shake. I know this sports thing is about to go over your head, Jason. I don't know and what the you, fuck he's talking about. <laughs> and you flipping your lid and saying, bruh, he's nowhere near the player of Akeem Olajuwon. How can you even make that comparison? Not seeing a nuance of the situation to see that he's clearly just saying that one move reminded him of the other man's move to say nothing about the overall skill or status as a player. Sorry, I had to go in. That is a huge pet peeve of mine where someone is misconstrued because the person wasn't listening and then they go on their autopilot and start repeating talking points as if any of that applies to what I said, which I agree with those talking points, by the way. No one is touching leather, uh, uh, Ledger. Phoenix was engaging as well, but in his own way. But no one is touching Ledger. But when, but you went into those typical talking points as if you had to shoot down a completely bad take on my part. Bottom line, I enjoyed Riddler in the same way as I enjoyed Joker. I'm going to give him a round of applause because he took the time to write that. And I know Jason's <laughs> going to have clapped back. But I'm going to give him his props for that because I get what he was saying. Now, before Jason claps back, I do think you both agreed about what you were saying because what I took from when I listened to your comment, Jason, and I rewound it, you were leading into what he was saying that you, but you disagreed with his statement and together. You didn't think the Riddler was even on the tier of performances of Ledger yeah, at right. all. And then that's when you went into your diatribe of like, stop trying to be Ledger, blah, blah. I think he conflated the idea that you were trying to say that they both were doing the same kind of acting performance. No. But you were not. You were not. trying to say no. Yeah. You don't think that he's even on the tier of them. Not and even in you the fucking same that. conversation. Right. <laughs> and then you went into, like, how even people should stop even trying to be Heath Ledger yes. in any of these situations. So I think you were making two points that were together and his uh, point. So, again, you still disagreed with him. But it's just the point that I think he didn't get that you both – They was just you were disagreeing with the tier conversation as well. Two things. Um, if my dad All had right. got his way, my name would have been Hakeem Elijah Baker. Uh, oh, wow. And, <laughs> yeah. and second thing, yeah, I was not paying attention to whatever he wrote. I don't really care what he said. Uh, I have an opinion, <laughs> and you can uh, either take it or leave it. And if you don't like it, you know what you can do. <laughs> Look, I wasn't paying I was attention. Saying... I'm sorry. I got the ADHD. As soon as he said it's a long one, I turned the fuck out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Music, That's my again, I, to to clarify, I think I think your point was taken by Jason correctly. I think Jason just went off into his yes. own world anyway because he probably had some stuff on his chest and he wanted to get clarified based off let me, let me, being let me in the subject matter. Myself, sir, Rex uh, Rex and Effects or whatever your name is. Uh, I did not like Paul Dano's performance. Period. I did not think he was the he was. Everybody else did a better job than he did because there was not enough of them. And then when you get to see him, he did kind of like his whole kind of shtick was very reminiscent to me, in my opinion, of there is smacks of Heath Leather's Joker in there. And the thing is, and especially in these Batman movies, everybody's trying to do the Joker because we got a fucking Joker movie because not because Joker's a great character, because we could have got that shit after, you know, uh, Jack Nicholson did it because he did fucking great too, but we didn't get 18 million things about Joker then. The only reason we get it now is because of Heath Ledger and what he did. And I think we should stop on that and like, hey, let's let Joker or Joker-esque characters like this Riddler was rest 
and pull some more other more worthy not to say more worthy but other characters from Batman's deep rogues gallery and let them have the shine and that and let them be something different rather than the clever criminal who's trying to you know outsmart the cops with this clever awesome plans and cause chaos and other bullshit that they think is is actually <laughs> smart so that's what i'm getting at is is that because i believe that that's where that informed that character is or at least in the writing maybe not in paul dano's sort of his take on it because you know actors always get a lot of bullshit but in the writing of that character i believe it was formed a lot by jared not jared little he played just joker um so that's what i mean by that uh and if you disagree you're entitled to disagree everybody can disagree it's what makes hum- humanity great but it's my show, and that's what I can. And if you disagree with me, you can lick my butt all the way up to the shaft <laughs> and get the tip too. Okay. At the end of the day, I'm just glad that you comment, and I appreciate it. And you can always clap back. To that Thank you for your too. comment. And also, even better, I would love and you and we do it every time. If you ever want to come, come on, on the show, yeah. we can have a conversation and have some fun, have some jokes, review a couple of movies. The the third part of that screen that goes, we've been going to. The, the, yeah, the, there's a the, whole the track crystal. Space for you. Yeah, and, we, and you can tell me to my face you, that so. I'm wrong, and I will mostly listen because I do have the ADHD. I have to take the medicine, uh, but I will mostly listen to what you have to say before <laughs> completely disregarding everything that you said <laughs> and telling you to lick my balls. <laughs> so, Barracks Music, whenever you want to come on the show, man, we can have a good time, man, and review some movies and clarify this whole situation because I think that would be awesome. All right, the next review was from our comments comment show. From LB, my Aunt Linda. I really enjoy your reviews. (laughs) And since I don't watch much TV, movies are my prime viewing. Jason, your Uncle Leon and I, God rest my Uncle Leon, so, and I were the original Mystery Science Theater 3000. (laughs) I would like to see you guys review some of the classics that your uncles and aunts used to spend hours ripping apart. Start with Eraserhead, then the Puppet Master series, which I've seen all that, and then maybe the Army of Darkness series. Now, do not rip apart Army of Darkness. That is such a great movie, but it's still fun. In, to jump One of on. my friends' um, favorite movie of all time is Eraserhead, and I cannot oh. stand that movie. <laughs> oh, now we got to break up on and do it. Warning, there may be easier to critique after you had a drink or two. I really believe that you guys will have a ball reviewing those classics. Absolutely. Uh, Linda is the one that you, that's why we reviewed Fast Color on the recent show, because she wanted us to look at that one, too. So we may have to do that as well. Um, now we have a comment that is going to be dear and dear to your heart, um, Jason. This is a <laughs> comment from uh, from our Piccolo is Black and Mr. Popo is the Ops short that we did. This is from <laughs> Loco Logic. He goes, facts. It's the same with Knuckles, the Enchada, and also Panthro from Thundercats. If you oh, know, Panther. you know. Panther black as hell. <laughs> clap it up. Clap it up. Let's go. Yes. Yes. Knuckles also, is a brother I would, and Panthro's a brother. <laughs> I, I, Knuckles certainly is a brother, but I also think Sonic's a brother, too. I'm just saying. Uh, well, Jaleel White, so. Yeah, he was he was played initially by Jaleel White in the cartoon show. So in my book, Sonic's black as well. But, you know, y'all y'all put that, what's his face, that whiny, what's that dude's name that played had uh, voiced him? Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not they should have got Jaleel back. He, he still could do it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Our next comment is on our Top Gun review. Top Gun 1986 sucks, and here's why. This is from 
Abajuron. Abajur, Isn't that, that a fruit? <laughs> that could be. Just re- rewatched Top Gun after like 20 years to confirm that it sucked as much as I remember it. And your video was top on. <laughs> hold on, I love your video was top on the Google search for Top Gun 1986 sucks. Laugh my ass Whoa. off with you dudes. Great channel. Sub. Thank you. Thank you, Abdul. Thank I, you. I, wow, I'll give you that. We top on Google search. Yeah. yeah, man. I appreciate it, man. We let you know. Google, uh, top Gun 1986 is, is straight booty sheets. Yeah. So straight. I mean, because um, that's what it's about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Hundred percent. It's about homoerotic <laughs> booty chicks and flying. And let's planes. let's also be clear: the homoeroticism is not what makes it bad. It's a bad yeah. movie with homoeroticism yes. in it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so the next one is from Abjuron. He commented on our top three '90s Disney cartoon TV shows, and he goes, "Gargoyles being number one in the '90s Disney cartoons is a no-brainer. Disney yep. mostly had knockoff tunes." Of its movie properties in the '90s, which were all kind of trash. How does uh, Gargoyle would... stack up against non-Disney tunes for you dudes, though? Stuff like Batman the Animated Series, Mighty Max, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and etc. Um, before we completely answer that, I'm going to say this: I'll Jerome. If you want to come on the show and let's talk about that, we can make our list. You'll make your list, and we can do this like all-time '90s yeah. cartoons for us. We can do a top three or top five. We would love to have you on there. But I think even in that episode, I made it very clear that I my all-time is Gargoyles. I take it over Batman, the animated series, because like I said in the, in the video, because Gargoyles actually had connective tissue, where Batman, the animated series, was just episodic and nothing connected for the most part until they got to the last season. So, but go ahead, Jason. I would still personally take Batman over Gargoyles only because uh, I studied that shit in college, and it's just great how they made that show. But also the fact mm-hmm. that gargoyles, it was that Batman was so good that they made gargoyles because because of it. Mm-hmm. But to say that Disney cartoons at that time were just rehashed garbage, no sir. Those guys were on cocaine when they made those shows, and they came up with some <laughs> of the greatest fucking concepts. Hey, let's make Blue a pilot in the 1930s. Okay, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Uh, those chipmunks, they should be like, um, you know, detectives. But they're still chipmunks, and uh, they they solve pet crimes. Yes, <laughs> Scrooge reduction. Um, top three orphans. <laughs> right. <laughs> I will say this about the nineties: like, I enjoyed a lot. A lot was one of my favorite TV series. But I will say this: where I would say I'm, I'm rolling with them. I more recently watched the Latin series with my kids, and it is straight garbage. Oh, and then for some reason, when I was a kid, it felt like it was awesome. Maybe because I always said Aladdin was always my favorite Disney movie for so long. But yeah. now I watch it as an adult, it's terrible. So he may be right about that. I, 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 I'm not going to do He may. So our next comment is on black characters who need more respect. Uh, NBL, which you're very familiar with, nice big lips. Uh, uh, he, nice big lips. he reviews <laughs> a lot of our stuff and he comments on a lot of our stuff. So we love that guy and we want you to definitely keep doing <laughs> that for us. But uh, he goes, great mentions. Movies and characters do from Back to the Future look like Dave Chappelle. Chick from a Bronx Tale was beautiful. Never heard of Rollins' character. Cool. We'll have to look into that. Happy Juneteenth. Hey, ABL. You ain't Happy never June heard of Easy you. Rollins? Oh. A lot of people oh. have it. Like, if I didn't see the movie, Ninja, I, would, I didn't know he was come a... On. Uh, I, I didn't know he was a book guy either until you said it. Yeah, like, I only knew from like the movies. 40 books. <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't know that either. That's so. a lot. <laughs> yeah. In fact... Um, uh, 
fun fact uh for just to you know plug myself for some reason because you know even though i don't do anything you know what i'm writing the character's name is based on ec rollins uh so there's something that you need to know whenever that book comes out in 2048 or whatever (laughs) (laughs) absolutely uh we have another review from uh, linda here lb the boys season three episodes one through one through three this is so good and bad Okay, so I'm not trying to start anything, but I can't help but think that Homelander has been given some truly raw, over-the-top, Trump-like characteristics on steroids. I'm not trying in the least to make this political, but they have been known to take poetic license in the past. We are now, society has passed the point of simple, suggestive titillation. Now they want it naked, raw, and in your face. Just saying. Well, Auntie, uh, look, you ain't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think your your observation is very astute. And if people don't ha- come to those same conclusions, especially with this particular show, they ain't paying mm. attention. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. Also, the, we talked about it too. The best thing about the boys, especially in the last two seasons, they take the piss out of both sides. Yeah, everybody gets you know, it. everybody and, gets a slap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, <laughs> yeah, everybody everybody gets a shot. So yeah, I, and we, you can respect that a little bit more when they're not pushing one side or the other on you. Even if we have feelings about one side that feel like should be ridiculed more than the other, they still do a good job of keeping that balance. So I, I respect that for the show. Uh we have going back to the old well, another Batman review. This Jesus is from Kyle. Christ, I know from Kyle Drago 23. Uh, Nothing really sticks out in the movie. Like, I barely remember the whole thing, and I literally just watched it not long ago. Everything just feels like it was just all blended together. So, very dark Any movie, thoughts? not in a good way. <laughs> like, just overall yeah. look of the movie is, and like, I hate because they did this in Titans too, where they just, and they do this in a lot of the stuff where they just like, oh yeah, we will uh, substitute moodiness for just having the screen be just too dark for us to see things and maybe i just need to get my yeah. eyes checked maybe it's just me <laughs> but no, in this movie is, i can't see that shit yeah it's just like come on i want to see the movie please and uh <laughs> and not in the muddled i mean like the one thing the schumacher films had going for them even though it was a little they were all outlandish was the uh set design the background design mm-hmm. and like just the the overall feel of the city it felt like a comic book city and yep. to be better or for worse for it but like and you know it, it felt like there was like a it was you know a place where a batman could live into and this last one uh even though there's parts that i definitely definitely enjoyed it just felt like rainy london mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rainy dark london which that. it was <laughs> apparently that, that makes sense uh, the next review is from LB, Aunt Linda, for Obi-Wan Kenobi episodes one and two. I'm thinking about watching this, but since I'm probably the only person in the world that has only seen one Star Wars movie, the first one only, I don't know if I'm willing, if I'm willing to be missing too much of the in-the-know stuff for it to be worth watching. I'm looking forward to the movie Black Adam just because it stars The Rock. I like <laughs> movies that have great scenery, even if the movie's lousy. But I have to wait till October. And she put the link up for the trailer. So shout out to my aunt keeping me in a know. Because I think that's when I actually first saw the trailers, which threw the link up there. Um, 
And we'll just jump on to another Obi-Wan Kenobi, but one sentence review short. We got a comment on that one uh, from Bernie Mac 3. So From the grave! Son. Yeah, Bernie Mac's uh, son. grandson. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yep, 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 yep. Because he would he be puts, the third. Uh, the Woken has spoken, is what he said. So, okay. All right. So here's where uh-huh. I go and say, you can uh, lick my butthole. <laughs> Make sure when you're still licking my taint, balls, shaft, head, until completion. Just because they put a black person in Star Wars doesn't mean it's woke. I don't know. There's nothing woke about this. It's not like he's going, well, you know there, Leia. Uh, men can like men, too. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here, right. man. <laughs> don't worry. You will save all your heat for this one. So, <laughs> this is for our Elvis review without seeing the movie. We're just reviewing <laughs> and talking about it. So, I, you know, I you got to ruffle a lot of... Um, a lot of feathers of the the uh, you know, and I tag like Elvis fan groups in it too. Oh yeah, yeah, so I, yeah. Like, I, I did yeah. it too on Facebook as well. <laughs> so this is from Michelle Selgado, idiots, because there's two exclamation points. So idiots, ah! do your do your research before you run your mouth. Watch Elvis in the black community, and that's it. And then before we clap on her, another one is for Super Capitalista. So you know. Ignorant, uh, ignorant idiots, you know, okay. <laughs> Do enough. a little research if you're obviously, if you're obviously small brains can hop- comprehend what you're reading. Big Mouse with small brains and YouTube, a dangerous conversation, thinking emoji. So I'm going to first start here. <laughs> Michelle, it is well documented from the research that I have done from three books that I've read on Elvis and music in that era that Elvis did not start quoting and giving credit to the black man until he was a way past celebrity, past his prime. In the essence of when he was doing it and his most popular, he did not give any credit to him, and he did very little penance of payment. He did make some very little payments to Muddy Waters at one point, but people like Little Richard, uh, people like... We can go through the list. He did (laughs) not do anything for so unless your information segregates are different than mine, which I'll be luckily glad again have you on the show, tell us a little about it, and give your sources and all that great stuff about it. He is what we call a culture vulture. He took from the culture. Hashtag culture he vulture. Did, <laughs> he did not give back to the culture, or at least acknowledge the culture to the masses of white fans that he had, so it could have helped the people that actually he took his career and a lot of his his stuff from be even bigger stars in the eyes of the community. So here's an example of someone who took something from the culture, but gave something back. This story is about a guy called Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra had black people in his band. (laughs) And Frank Sinatra admitted that he took a lot of his bluesy jazz influences from black artists. And he a lot of times had those black artists go on tour with him, like B.B. King and such. A lot of places said, nah, we're not letting Negroes stay in our hotel. And you know what Sinatra said? then I refuse to perform at your hotel until you allow them to stay in your hotel. That is things we talk about people that give back to the community. Now, I know it's not Elvis' responsibility, but also it's not our responsibility to say, because at the end of the end of his life and we no longer became popular, he decided to say, oh, yeah, I did kind of steal. I mean, because, you know, he can't say steal because he can get sued. Hey, I did kind of get influenced by these people, and you really should check them out. So, with that being said, the last one for Super Capitalista, 
I'm fine being ignorant. Perfectly fine. That just means I have a lack of knowledge. I don't get offended when people call me ignorant because everybody's ignorant to everything. Am I an idiot? I will openly tell you I'm an idiot. I have a wife and two kids that will tell you I'm an idiot. Tell you that every that day. is perfectly <laughs> fine. I have no problem with it. But do a little research with our small brains. And again, I referred to the stuff I just said before about the research I have done. You got to do realize that we do what we call, quote unquote, comedy and entertainment because you were offended by us making comedic references to Elvis' life and history with a little sprinklings of truth that it aroused you up that much. We never said this was fact. We never said any of that. And what, even though a lot of what we said was fact because she was 14 and Jason called him a pedophile, even though if the law said that he was allowed to fuck a 14-year-old, does not make That's it still right. still a pedophile. <laughs> he, we did do some of that. So I'm fine with being all of that. And I'm not offended by any of you guys' statements. But I will do the same thing I say to everybody. You are more than welcome to come on this show with us small, bound-minded beings and show us your big brain energy and show us why we're wrong and why we're dumb and why we should do it. And then, like I said to Michelle, please bring your sources and quotes because I will pull out my books and I will pull out where the chapters say this and I will read these things out to you. And then we can have that conversation. Once again, the title was Elvis for Few before we even see the movie because it was a joke about the fact that these are things that are widely known about Elvis. So. With all that being said, I now will hand it over to the other Jason, who is less diplomatic about these things as I am. Yeah. So, uh, Michelle, I'm assuming, uh, is Michelle of a person of color? I don't know. She look- just has the, the, the colored M of course. on and nothing else. Of course else. she does. Yeah, of course she does. Um, coming on a show with two black people and telling black people to need to learn shit. Um, yeah. So you can start, not in my butthole, right? Uh, you, you're not good enough for my butthole, okay? You can start at the bottom of my fucking black feet and work your way up to my butthole and then get my taint and then get my balls. And if you are lucky enough, I may, you know, give you a divine drop of my seed on your face. Just shut the fuck up, all right? I don't give a fuck about none of y'all opinions. I do not care. I do not need y'all coming over here telling me that Elvis is a great man. He can suck my cock. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> fuck that dude and fuck y'all too. Fuck him. <laughs> and like I said again, you guys are more than welcome to come on the show. And like I said, we've had previous guests on before that we didn't agree with their opinion. And it's a very cordial and fun conversation. I have no problem being wrong about things. Because you know what? If you actually in your comment told us where you felt that we were wrong, and said, this is why I think you're wrong, I would have done the work and came on the show and said this. Hey, you know what? He's absolutely correct because I looked up what he said and we were completely wrong and off there. Even though we were using it for comedy and comedic purposes of entertainment, I would have at least recant it and still put this show like we're going to do anyway. But instead, you did what everybody on the internet loves to do. Yell someone stupid or ignorant without showing why and how they're stupid and ignorant so that person has the opportunity to get away from their ignorance and learn. So when you yell about, you know, small brains, loud mouths on the internet, blah, 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 you just did the exact same thing, buddy. You just said something <laughs> without giving any proof or even telling us what we were wrong about. So once again, you're more than welcome to come on here. I Because usually when we post it, I'm going to sit in the description and everything that we post to you. Hey, this show has been posted. You can always comment again, and then I will give you my email. And then we will correspond through emails, let you know when we record the show and all the good stuff, but we can come on. I would love to have you on because I would love to know 
what I'm, my small brain didn't pick up and what I'm ignorant about and my idiotic stupidity that just runs rampant on the internet happened to offend you enough to comment because I do thank you for commenting because I do appreciate it and I do enjoy people that have opinions. I just want to hear a fully fleshed out idea, not just you telling me I'm an idiot. Like, you know, when my kids say stuff to me that they don't know have the full knowledge, I don't go, you ignorant idiot. I go, hey, where did you learn that? You know, that may not be actually crude. Let me show you some stuff. Or let's go on Google. Let's look up some things to find out, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, discourse, conversation, hmm. learning from each other. You know, those things that should go on the internet that don't happen. But okay, I digress. I'll get off my high <laughs> horse. I'll get off my soapbox. Jason is a much say, better person than I am because I don't need to learn shit from y'all. Get the fuck out of my fucking comments. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, it is that famous part of the show. Not what for those two people, people, the best again. part of the show. <laughs> yeah, it's the best part of the show. It is the end. Where I, I look, I love it. I look, I'm here for the hate, the racism, the discussion. I'm here for all those shit in the comments, and I will invite every last person on here to have that discussion. I have no qualms about the stuff I know and the shit I don't know, and I love being, I love to interact with people and then like ask them questions and have them have to fully think themselves out <laughs> of the hole they're in. So with that being said. Thank you guys for watching the N-Word for Nerd podcast. Funny how our name of our show was the N-Word for Nerd podcast in Head Cannon Circus. All these words mean that, like, we're not trying to be intellectually bound, which is very interesting, too, that that wasn't picked up on. You know what Head Cannon is? Off the dome. Like, whatever comes to your head, you're spouting out. You know what a circus is? It's full of clowns and idiots. What, again, we, we, we named the show. We named the whole company after what we just talked about. And then what an N-word for nerd is, like, you know, N-word, that bad word. But, no, this is for nerds. Well, those, like, those words they, they they probably use uh, quite sparingly, <laughs> quite often in, in their daily life. Uh, so they, they know what that, that word means. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, like I said, again, it's just one of those things that, like, the show is made to give reviews and have a little fun. And if we hurt your feelings... I'm not going to say, like, so what? Because I always, I'm cognizant of people being there for getting their feelings hurt. But also, if you're taking us that serious to get your feelings hurt, tell me. I'm fine with apologizing if I did something to offend somebody. I would not change for them a joke if it was a joke or if I was dead ass serious. But I'm fine with apologizing. But just, you know, it's 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 comedy, guys. We're having fun. We just enjoy doing this and talk shit. Like Jason tells people to lick parts of his anatomy that I probably will never tell somebody to do. Unless they, you know. <laughs> Unless they really just come at me for real, then I got to kind of, you know. But other than that, um, but I hopefully everybody enjoyed the show, man. Hopefully everybody enjoyed comments. Hopefully this isn't to tear people from leaving comments because when we had to slap on somebody. <laughs> but <laughs> we're, we're oh, here and, for it. We enjoy it. Mm -hmm. For your brother, uh, what was this, Rexit Effects? I, I am joking. Your opinion is 100% valid. I, I do appreciate it. It's great. The other two, see previous comments. <laughs> <laughs> And so, ladies and gentlemen, okay, thank you guys for watching the Anywhere for Nerd podcast. Um, like always, if you could like, share, subscribe, comment, because we will read your comments. And if you like, share, and subscribe, it will get to other people who will then comment and then like, share, and subscribe. And then we'll become rulers of the movie review landscape. <laughs> and then I can actually have the make... money to tell people to fuck themselves. And it would be so great when I can actually, <laughs> when I'm not poor, and they'd be like, oh, no, 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 really, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> This is coming from a place you, of privilege. 
that tells you the difference because all I can think, well, we get some money and then we get a little bit of money, but then we can put a lot more money into the production of this and people can enjoy fun clips and fun animations as we talk about crazy yeah. stuff. And Jason's like, nah, nah, I just want to sit on my royal tower and look down <laughs> yeah. at you peasants and, and say, thank you for making me great. Look, <laughs> my goal, one of my on my bucket list is to own a castle. So as soon as we can get that going, <laughs> that would be great. Right. <laughs> So I'm gonna go buy some but, land from Scotland that you see on YouTube so I can get the fucking title of Lord. Right, right. <laughs> oh, but other than that, guys, thank you for listening and watching. Jason, do you have any final words for the people out there? I know it seems like the opposite, but be kind, be considerate to people, and always tip your servers at least 20%, if not more, if you can afford it. But also, Absolutely. I apologize to no one. In the famous words of Conor McGregor. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Also, I, we'll, we'll talk about that off the case. But anyway, uh, guys, remember to pick up your books, Children of Blood and Bone, July 9th, 8 o'clock. We will be in the building doing our book review of this lovely and wonderful book here. I'm going to try to get the author on, but again, New York's, you know, New York Times bestsellers, they busy as hell. But maybe we can get her on here. Yes, they do some dope. She's beautiful. Look they at do it. a beautiful. dope interview with us. Um, I tried to get the guy on from Black Sands. I even listened to his live video and kept typing in, hey, will you be doing our podcast to help us out? And he never even addressed it. But <laughs> like, look, nope. brother may be busy. <laughs> he may think that we bottom feeders and he don't want no time to deal with us. And that's probably fine. One day we may not be bottom feeders and we can get him on the show. And I remind him that I typed that and be like, oh, did you not see that? Yeah. Huh, we'll huh. be the <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Tuesday <laughs> Films. <laughs> 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 yes sunday's already taken uh, <laughs> but thank you all remember to get up the book and i appreciate you guys watching we will see you next week peace Apologies. also